Hello everyone, welcome back to Poetry on the Air, the Leeds Poetry Festival podcast. We are here with Bryony and Zara talking all things slam. My name is Poppy Jennings and I'm here with my co-host, Jack Collins. Bryony, would you like to say hello to our listeners? Oh, hi there. Thanks for inviting me today. <laughs> no, pleasure. And Zara. Hi everyone. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for having us. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking all things slam. I'm going to start this off by saying that the first time I really heard anything about slam poetry was probably two years ago. And even then, I've never been to a slam. I've never performed at a slam. No, I've never been to a slam. It's one of those things that I've seen in edgy American movies, you know, where there's some poets on stage. So I'm coming into this episode with zero knowledge. So I'm excited to learn some new things from participants Sound. And judges as well. Yeah, so I I was involved in a uni slam at some point, um, and then have been have helped the Leeds Beckett team in a in a small way last year, this year, this year, it was this, year this year. Wow, yeah. time is flying. Um, but Brian, team led um, the most recent team to go, and Zara, you've done two years on the team as well, yeah. haven't you? Um, so we've definitely got a really good gallery of folk to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Is it like a, you know, like you've got the university sports teams, they all play against each other. Is it with Unislam, is poetry teams from different universities against each other? Is that? That's basically how it, how it works, mm-hmm. yeah. And you can decide whether you want to send a team or not. Mm. Um, and this, I think they started it in 2013, so it's quite a recent, mm. quite a recent like thing. A decade, yeah. Has it been um, an open invitation every year since um, then? I think it. I think it has really. I think any any uh, university that has an interest or a spoken word at society, which is how Leeds Beckett, where mm-hmm. Zara and I are from. Um, that's how we got involved, didn't we? Through the through the society. Yeah. Um, I'm just I'm just finishing my second year now. Zara's. I'll be graduating. Graduating <laughs> soon. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Are you excited. Feel? Yeah. I mean, it feels slightly like the end of an era, but because mm. um, I feel yeah. like I've had such a good time in Leeds, um, and we, me and Brian, were saying earlier how we've got like this uni family and community, um, and it's really where my poetry starts taking off um definitely um in terms of me writing more and performing more um performing for the first time ever at left bank um but yeah um so i feel like i'm sort of gonna have to depart ways with leads but also um i'll definitely be back so i'm excited so you're kind of like at the end of an era the start of a new one as well yeah of course there's optimism um, there yeah um i mean there's loads of things to jump into in terms of like like Leeds um be having the the year of culture and Bradford being the city of culture so there's a lot lot of a lot of things to explore um, yeah and look forward to Bradford 2025 coming up absolutely mm. that's so exciting defo yeah. shall I get a question for you guys mm. so our first question today is how does the slam setting change how people receive or read a poem I mean the the important thing the the sort of defining thing with slam poetry really is that there are rules um, mm. where at an open mic it's a bit more fluid isn't yeah, it yeah it's and more about the individual uh, that's right so so the criteria for slam poetry are the there are set rules um, it's got to last about three minutes there are judges usually and they are judges that are quite esteemed so they're mm-hmm. usually quite well established poets um, but they're, they're it's really 
is welcoming, it's make, you make you feel comfortable, mm -hmm. but then you are also being judged by your uni peers. <laughs> right. Um, so there's two layers <coughs> of judging. There's like your mates right. and yeah. the judges. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and you're all trying to support each other and it is yeah. a very supportive environment, uni slam, which is obviously different to a, a sort of what you might call an open slam where anybody's invited. Okay. But, um, the other the other thing is that because it's a live format, mm -hmm. um, it, it it it's um, you you put on the spot. You literally are on the spot, and you're being judged there and then. Mm. There's all and that you, adrenaline rush coming yeah, through that you've got to fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of a lot of people. It's the first time that they've they've performed. Um, some people might not have been to open mic before. Mm. So it's literally, it could be their first time up on stage in it, front of yeah. an audience. Yeah. That is a bit nervous. I think it was, actually. Yeah. I mean, in my, because it was my first year at uni last year, and that was, um, I think I'd only been to an open mic once mm. or twice. If wow. That. Before Unislam. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That was at Left Bank. Oh, was it Lee's on the mic? Poetry Fest on the mic. Oh. I mean, you know. Um, so, and I, I think, uh, that's something I do want to say is that poetry in general and slam in general and unislam and so on it's a much more sort of nurturing mm -hmm. community based activity compared to a lot of other forms of art I think yeah. um, because it's smaller mm -hmm. as well so it's more intimate Yeah. Um, and so I think sometimes that can potentially make you feel more nervous because you kind of know yeah, the group that Definitely. are evaluating what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but but yeah, I've lost my thread now. But I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was basically saying that I think yeah, um, not many people um, do um, necessarily have that experience. Yeah, and and therefore slams are a testing ground. Mm -hmm. They're a testing ground for your writing, but they're a testing ground for your perf performance and. And that's another different thing about, a unique thing about SLAM is that it's an equal, you're evaluated equally on your writing as you are on your performance. Mm. You know, the, 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 the measuring, certainly at UniSLAM, it's marks out of 10 for writing, marks out of 10 for performance. Um, right, so you can't get by with a strong one of either no, if the other isn't you as strong. You know, you can you can go out there singing and dancing and mm. tap dance. Well, no, you're not allowed to singing. tap dance. Actually, <laughs> uh, no. are you not allowed to? There are actually. Wow. I've written down the rules. So the the specific rules: no props, no music, but you may sing. You can clap, hum, make a mouth noise, or a noise with other bad <laughs> other body parts. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'll leave that oh one to the gosh. imagination. Open I invitation. I didn't expect it to be such a, a <coughs> stringent strict thing, yeah. process. Yeah. I guess it's interesting. But but you can you can perform read and perform mm. a group poem, mm. and I think that they're some of the most um, interesting and I'm exciting. more experimental as well. Yeah. I'd say. Mm. Yeah, I think. Um, some of the group pieces that we've seen um, down at Unislam have been interactive and I've not seen poetry or slam poetry be performed in an interactive element and so the audience have to really jump on it um, so like some parts of the poems um, they will ask for audience participants to just say back or they will invite them down on stage, that's more in the um, culture slam and stuff yeah. but um, I think 
in terms of being an interactive audience, it's it goes back to some poetry being different to open mics. People are more attentive, um, and they're also judging you because you're getting live feedback for the first time through clicks, um, which do occur at open mics, um, but also the... Um, <laughs> the <laughs> so I can't I can't quite do it properly, but yeah, it's, it's very. What's that? It's a, little bit un- it's a little bit unnerving. There are certain. What's certain the don't <laughs> click? So they do like an. Mm, yeah, yeah. As if it's tasty. It's I don't like that. Mm. I, it's I, I find it a little that. bit. It's almost a bit saucy and suggestive. Yeah. It's like what are you moving at? What have I done? That one, you know. It's, wow. yeah, I They're like, like lowing stuff. Yeah. 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 I, I, like, it was weird to get used to at first because like we'd we'd already we'd only pla- practiced like uni <laughs> and like open Christ. mics and so when we went down for the first time it like it, some people have done it on their seasoned pros and stuff but going for mm. like the first time you're sort of getting new to these like reactions like you're it, it's everything's a first almost yeah um obviously with like the experience you have from like open mics and stuff but once you've once you've heard the mm's, you can't unhear it, and you start to do it yourself. It's almost like an instant reaction. Yeah. Like clicking. Who made this yeah. decision? I don't know where who, that came out from. Who though. decided that it was inappropriate? <laughs> the, the clicks are from like new. They're imported from like American yeah. slang. Yeah. 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 yeah, So it's like the it's cafe, like candlelit, yeah. like in New York, like clicking, like yeah. a like jazz click. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine where they're. Mm, do you know? Have you I don't know. I need. To, I should have done my homework on that. No, one. fair enough. Google yeah. it if you're at I'm home. Good at yeah, Google. Listeners. Google. Definitely I'm a Google staunch it. clapper. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a clapper. clapper. <laughs> 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 I'm not a clicker, and I'm definitely I'm not. A, mm, I heard no. Caroline Bird tell everyone that like it messed with her autism, so she was like, I can't read mm. the poem if you click oh, halfway exactly. through because mm. it'll provide like. I will have a sensory overload and I won't mm. be able to finish. Loser and it, like, I think it like, Both some well. people were a bit like shocked in the crowd. It created yeah. a bit of a, like, I think people like had to sit on their hands because they were so <sighs> used to clicking. I feel like if someone neurodivergent tells you not to do something <laughs> because it sets yeah. off their sensory I mean, obviously overload, they couldn't do it. Just, it was like know. a not a thing. Yeah. Um, but I've heard people tell people off for it as well, just because yeah. they didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's become. Did you get any of that this year? Sorry. Contention hasn't it? Yeah, it has. yeah. No. I mean, we didn't. I didn't. Not this any. year, but last year, I do remember because when sometimes people learn off book, and if mm. they happen to forget the lines, people will click to help you recover. Fill the silence. And somebody, you know, yeah, yeah, somebody did say at the start before they started the piece, um, they asked everyone if they could not click or sort of react to the poet poetry because it was distracting um for them but um yeah i think that's fair enough yeah, i do at the end. Yeah. it's very personal isn't yeah. it it's so personal couldn't you know it's it's nerve-wracking enough getting up there mm-hmm. and then especially if you you're doing uh read sharing a poem that's maybe traumatic mm. or, or whatever you know you want to make sure that you're as comfortable as you yeah. possibly can yeah um yeah i think sometimes you don't want feedback until the end it, yeah. but then again some people love that i can't really mm. say it's it's appeared sometimes at the, uh, on the mic that we run but never taken full hold so mm. <laughs> which poppy is apparently relieved about <laughs> i just i think that you know i think 
it's one of those things that people do because they think that they have to at a poetry event because mm. it doesn't really happen anywhere else. Yeah. So does it actually hold the value that, yeah. do you know what I mean, that I people do. think that it does? I've noticed some circumstances where like, do you know when you're at a Shakespeare play and you're enjoying it and then some, there's someone who laughs to signify that they understand the Shakespearean <laughs> dialogue? <laughs> It's like become that where it's like, yeah. it's like I know you get the bit of the poem that I've just said, but you don't need to click. It's like, yeah. and then it just becomes like yeah. mad clicks all yeah. over the poem, and you're like, calm down. But I th I think what's interesting about <clears throat> the way English poetry, sharing English poetry has 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 gone when you look at where slam came from. Mm. So slam came from the idea of democratizing um, poetry, so that mm. it. it you know, bringing it down to the people basically, so that it wasn't <clears throat> didn't have that snob yeah. snobbery, and that was the sort of like whole intention. You know, um, well, that's interesting. I've got mm. I've got a quote here from from the the one of the sort of founders, if you want to call it that, from called Mark Smith from Chicago, and um, back in the eighties, and he he said no one was listening to um, a lot of these sort of establishment um, poets because it was a bit too snooty mm -hmm. and the very word poetry repels people. Why is that? Be it's because of what schools have done to it. The slam yeah. gives it back to the people. Mm -hmm. um, Do you know when that was? You know, that was that was about 84, I think. We, mm -hmm. You know, 81, 84. We need people to talk poetry to each other. That's how we communicate our values, our hearts, the things that we've learned that make us who we are. Mm. And I think that's sort of like, you know, that's why it became a bit poppy, a bit cool, mm. hip and so on. But I think it's it's quite amusing. So you, if you look at American slam, mm. if, you, if you happen to sort of like look online and look it up, it's a lot more sort of cash and hip. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> the English slams now, I mean, even when you look at like the roundhouse, we, we Zara and I, we were chatting about this, yeah. weren't we? And the roundhouse slam now, which is uh, in London, and that's, mm -hmm. the, out, that's the English national slam. Okay. Um, I've heard about it. It has, yeah. become, <coughs> it has become, when you look at the performances, they're quite restrained actually. Mm -hmm. It's too serious. I think it's become a bit more serious again, yeah. and I would love to see it like elitism coming through. Well, yeah. it happens in a lot of the arts, isn't it? If you it look does. at how mm. so many art forms were kind of adapted so that people from different communities and backgrounds could use them and turn away from elitism. Yeah. And then that's seen as valued, so the elitists take it back. Mm. And it happens in like this kind of cycle. It's cyclical yeah, though. It I, is. This is what I was thinking when I heard that quote, because he's like, man, the teachers don't dig poetry, so yeah. we're gonna do it right, because mm. it's too, gotten too stuffy. And mm. literally, mate, when we were coming <laughs> up as poets, it's like, that's exactly what we said. It just goes around, doesn't yeah, it? I find that so funny. Snootize it, snooty. We did not learn poetry well Coming cool and then. Like, yeah. It's, I think it's an eternal problem. I yeah. don't think poetry's yeah. ever oh, taught. Yeah. Right. I, w I, would I would say, I want to plug uh, Leeds Beckett really for this because um, <coughs> that I think the sort of like Leeds Beckett approach, it, it, it teaches us how to, I think the curriculum and the ethos of it does um, bring it down back down to grassroots. Mm. And we are really encouraged and nurtured by Nas and James and Steve to really sort of, um, tell our stories, tell our truths in a much more um, grounded, concrete way mm -hmm. um, and don't get too hung up on um, the 
been too refined. It, it, I, I suppose you, the be, if if you were to say that the, what the Beckett approach to Uniswam would be to test your poetry, to grow as a poet, mm-hmm. not to go out there gasping to win mm-hmm. or being com- too competitive about it, because I think what you might end up doing is losing sight of what's important. The thing that it's for. Yeah. Yeah. It's for. Yeah. yeah. And I think just to add on to Bryony's point with like... Um, all the tutors at Beckett, it was maintaining that authenticity. Yeah. And I think it's something, especially in like my poetry journey from like slam last year and this year, is just writing authentically. And it goes back to like slam poetry being being accessible and like yeah. mainly like the poetry that I came across online, it it was like just honest raw poetry about um the ones that caught my eyes were like about working class people mm. and I think that's what I love about slam poetry. Is it's it's so accessible, mm. and it's just that different element of being able to perform a piece and actually embody that work and convey that in the emotion um, and the lines you have. So it doesn't need to be too abstract. And I think mm. maintaining that authentic authenticity, even if it is or isn't a serious piece, I think um, that was one of the most important factors yeah. uh, in developing. Do you t- like try and write that into that three minutes then? When you when you're mm. actually setting it out and you're writing it, do you know you've got to have like a not maybe a story arc, but encapsulate what you're on about yeah. in so short a time. It's like the restraints make it easier Oof. to fit the thing into the box. It's I love and I hate it because one you have to keep it short. I my pieces. I originally I was aiming for three minutes because you get a ten second grace period, but with the pauses and how you're reading. I had to cut it down to about two minutes 30 mm. so I could fully allow myself to perform the piece. So I think, one, I had to take a narrative style um, and have a hook in, in, in my poem. So, you know, you want to grasp the audience members with, with your story. Um, not n- not to write necessarily with the aim of gripping people. One, you want to tell your story and two, you want to say it with the parameters of what slam poetry is yeah because if you say it outside of those parameters then you might get bad or (laughs) (laughs) kicked off stage yeah (laughs) well the 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 funny thing that they do at uni slam is they've got like a dj in the background and they keep it really light because they know that there's a lot of obviously young people first timers there Mm. as well and it's quite nerve-wracking um but if you if you enter if you go over the three minute ten seconds they play a, a, a sound that sort of makes you aware and then everybody's got to sort of like click commit. And last year the sound was... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, oh, no. And then it was... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit shady, though. It's a bit heartbreaking. It's sort of like, oh, right, okay. And then oh, people God. are sort of like creeping off the stage, really cringing. You know? So if you go <laughs> over the time, does that disqualify you from... You get penal. You're meant you to get penalised. Yeah. Penalisation and then... I think you can't do like four minutes, is it? No, you definitely At some point where they'll go like, sorry, man, it's too long. And I mean, really, you should not be turning up with a poem that long. I mean, when when we did, we did, (laughs) when we did our our auditions, our auditions, when I, when I went, so I was in my 
first time obviously last year first year went with my poem and it was five minutes long and I didn't really I knew it I knew it had to be around three minutes but I went really green you know it was really green and 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 they said right okay well yeah you you've got a place on the team but you're really gonna have to work on the timing on that because it's got to be three minutes I was like where am I gonna do that yeah but you know Wow. That's the beauty of feedback workshopping. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That's yeah. why the collaboration is so important. Yeah. So being part of a team. Part, and part of the team. You can help precisely. each other. And yeah. One of the best things I learned from Unislam was editing. And like that yes. was where, how it taught me to like mm. cut and what was useful and what wasn't. Yeah. What it is was, good what to have the, a limit. The jewels yeah. that you couldn't live without as well. Yeah. 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 We talked about that a lot judging the competition. We talked about it on sure. the podcast episode the other week. Because, you know, we set the line limit at 80 lines, which I, th- I think is kind of like setting a three-minute limit for a reading. It's it's not too dissimilar, is it, in terms yeah. of length? Um, because you want to give people the chance to read something that they feel deserves that limit. Yeah. But then when it goes over the limit, that's when you kind of think as an individual, do I need everything yeah. in the piece? Is yeah. every single of a, uh, Where's yeah. the essence of the or, poem? Or does this poem just need to be saved for something else? Yes. If you're saying something too big for yeah. what it's for. I would say 80 lines is a long poem, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are long poems. Three poem minutes for me, on average, is a really well. diddy poem. Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Depends on, but I suppose it's different. But you've got longer form poems. You've got poems that are over 80 lines. True that, but... Woman of Wortley is like 120 lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just Nephi. a piss taker though isn't it? <laughs> but my point just my point being that eight mm. is lots it whereas is. three minutes yeah. is like i think especially for beginners mm. it's about like putting your feelings down yeah. on the page so it really early on in your career it teaches you how to really sing shit and mm-hmm. try and get that like word countdown just yeah. like neatening up the edges or even like if you yeah. sometimes if you, when you're first writing even just taking out all your hands cuts off like 30 seconds completely it's about like (laughs) (laughs) you can say a sentence in like four words instead of 16 that's an important lesson to learn as well yeah yeah for sure shall we hear some poems yes definitely who would like to go first zara okay um you got this it's self-explanatory but um the poem is but the title is dad's taxi I was sat in the back seat of my dad's car, or Yusuf's taxi, as his customers call it. Stared out the window, thinking of how strangers fill my father's car with more stories and laughter in one day than I have probably shared words with him all week. His thespie hangs off the rear-view mirror, which he does not have to hold to do zikr. The sat-nav sits on his dashboard, an ornament. He drives past the pub that used to be a park he played in, And he smiles. He sees two versions of this town. One stored in his memory and the other muted on Google Maps. His customer stories leave a print on his memory form seats and his mind absorbs them too. He recalls them from the potholes and the traffic lights always green for him turn red to hear him speak again. I asked my dad how he knows all the shortcuts of roads in towns I've never seen. He laughs and says, but third, you have a degree in English and I have a degree in driving. We pass the corner shop, the playground, the kids' screens, and I hear, 
I bet your dad's a taxi driver. Taxi driver, taxi driver. They run laps around the playground, closing in on me. I think of how they'd rather sneer taxi driver than a profanity. As my words begin to formulate, they vanish like his diesel emissions. I say, yeah, my dad drives. He does do taxi. That doesn't mean I get free lifts, but all he does is lift me. It means I hid his job and livelihood in a cab-sized shadow of shame. I made him wait outside of parents' evenings and took my sister instead. I would have rather swallowed shame and guilt than to walk with him because his slight limp and worn-out shoes said more words in English than he could spew. And I didn't want his English to respond to how well I was doing in English. But I would still chew and swallow the doll his money put on a plate for, plate for us. Could handle the curry, but not extend a courtesy towards my father, whose back hurts often, feet are swollen, whose knees bend in salah but hurt in a seat, whose hands grasp the wheel, white knuckles but palms still brown when they are cupped for pounds that'll create pagore, that create a well of tears when he makes dua. His hopeful heart waits for his kids to get a degree so he can have a box full of baggage in his boot the next time a customer asks, what is it your children do? And his smiles are a sacrifice, his hands proud on the wheel his fingers have moulded to, that his taxi driving career has allowed his daughters to be. He's not ashamed, he never has been. I carry the guilt he's never felt, and I am ashamed of ever carrying shame. So when I get this degree, I owe it all to you, and the taxi drivers I had conversations with on the way to school. But I am proud now, Abuji. I know of the times you were called instead of an ambulance, how you faced black eyes by bastards because you had kids to come home to. I am sorry that I wrote poetry about rickshaws, using adjectives to boast about their colours, yet I have failed to write about a taxi. I am proud to be a taxi driver's daughter, and I tell every Uber driver that my dad does taxis too. And they feel at ease because I don't care whether their kids have degrees. I just like knowing my dad does taxis and that's enough conversation for me. We're his success story, but he's ours through and through. Thank you. That was really good. Was that the slam version as well? Yeah. Is that the three minute? Yeah. Love it. Nice. Uh, amazing. Mm, I can just imagine it being read on a stage in front of. Big up. That's All so those sick. people. Gets me every time. <laughs> Slams are quick uh, and performative um, style. So, how do you find like the transition from page to stage? Was is there a struggle in like physicalizing it? How do you add those moves to the poem, or are there moves consistently? I, I think um, through the workshops that we've been to, I think um, really getting a feel for how to add your emotion into the piece and to like physically in a way become the poem you are reading or the voice do you write it with that voice and then you can easily physicalize it i think in both my experiences when i went first th the first time um i didn't have an idea of what slum poetry should be i knew the rules but i didn't really know what the environment had or what what it sort of entailed beyond reading words on a page um and so the second time i went i sort of had that in mind and what it should sound like and what 
what a, a slam poem is and I think it's just that taking the abstractness out of it um, and just sharpening up that like so that what you're words, doing is yeah, emphasizing what yeah, you're exactly. saying yeah exactly having having um using the time limit um effectively with what you have to say and like you said back to cutting out the ands and all that stuff um i think really using that but the workshops going back to performance um i think i think learning to get rid of your nerves and your jitters all that nervous energy and really just taking that time to breathe beforehand um, and to feel, I think a work, uh, an activity we did in, in Bryony's room actually at the hotel was just to take a good 10 seconds to really feel the poem. Because at Unislam or any slam competition, your time does not start until your first interaction with the audience, whether that's verbal or um, physical. Yeah, and so you can take that. that time to really just feel the content of your piece. And I think that really helped with performance because for me i just got lost in in the emotion and and, and the purpose of why i wrote um dad's taxi as well so you'd like take a breath before you begin yeah I, of you thing. sort yeah. of like ground yourself and remind yourself what the intention behind writing the poem was you know because there's there's always an intention isn't there even if um i mean well the couple of the poems that I prepared for Slam had really been like an, an outpouring of emotion but obviously if you are a writer mm. and um, a creative person then you're going to have a, an expressive approach aren't you um, but then in the process of um, workshopping and reworking and shortening and stuff you can sometimes lose sight of that initial initial emotion and passion that you had for expressing yourself in the first place and that that 10 that 10 seconds that we practiced um was about reminding and grounding yourself and reminding yourself that it's the first time that the audience have ever heard that poem mm. even though you might have practiced it a billion times yeah. <laughs> and yeah. i mean you know because we 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 encouraged each other to record ourselves videoed each other said why don't you try saying that in a different way and and all those different things and then you can mm -hmm. it's like picking it's like unpicking a jumper isn't it and then putting it back together again and making sure that it's it's um complete to to to, to wear it again yeah <laughs> i love that um yeah it's that feeling you, like you get sort of um because as poets we're always performing live and you think that no one wants to hear your poem again yeah. when like really anyone in the room will have only heard it like a maximum of three times yeah. because yeah. of the amount of <laughs> stuff it takes to get you actually doing it. And it's like it's like your favourite pop song. Yeah. I mean, who, who saw Elton John last night? I don't know if anybody <sighs> saw Elton John on Glastonbury. No. I didn't, I'm afraid. But you know, how many times has he sung yeah. those songs, you know, uh, Rocket Man? Um, yeah. But he sang it like it was the first time he'd, he'd ever yeah. sang it. Sang. It was amazing, and and it's sort of like you've got to remind yourself that you know if if you if it's the fourth time you've read your poem, you know you might mm. think you've listened to a song you love seventy yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's been doing it for fifty-two years. You know, I think if he can do it, and it's, it's yeah, it's like, get away it. with it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, is there any single parameter of the Uniswam form that you would change? What and how? Off the top of your head. <laughs> you don't My have mind to went be to too props serious. just because I know that they're not allowed. Yeah. Um, 
Because you'd want like to bring allow a single prop per person. Yeah, maybe just one. Um, what kind of props do you think? Pe- are we talk like there's got to have been something that happened for them to say never again. <laughs> no, yeah, just someone has brought some kind of like flaming out. sex toy or something. <laughs> <laughs> like never again. Somebody brought a, a rabbit in, in a or hat. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's taken it too far. Something's happened. Reverse there? it out, please. Yeah. What yeah. prop would you use, do you think, if you had the option to? What would you use? Well, I, I, sure. I can speak on behalf of Jamie, who's one of our society members, mm. and he's got a fantastic poem um, about his lost water bottle, and he's talking to it. And um, he the first time he read it, it was sort mm. of like talking to this water bottle. And it was absolutely bloody brilliant, and mm. I think without it, it kind of might not have resonated the same. And Maybe afterwards, yeah. he said, I wouldn't be able to read that if I was in Unison, would I? Because I need my my water. My yeah, water it's a bottle. shame, isn't it? Because having something like that changes the performance. But where, yeah. where do you what, what are the where do you draw the line? They probably be, did a yeah. bunch yeah. of like guidelines first, and then it just got too <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. And they're like, no, mm. just no props. Just now. thinking about like puppets and stuff like because then. I couldn't. Have one of them. I could not sit through a poem being I mean, read by a puppet. I can like only perform through a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's why not? Yeah. A comfort prop. And is it? It's probably because then it becomes theatre. It leans too mm. close to theatre. So you want to keep it, it poem. Yeah. But you are allowed to have like. Um, because like the lights on the main stage are so bright, mm. um, if people had sensory issues, we were allowed to have um, like. Yeah, coloured glasses. That's right. Um, that's from the yeah. Um, is that, that, that costume? That, that was allowed. So are you allowed, you're not allowed costume, are you? No. no. What if you're just very flamboyant? Some well, there are a lot of flamboyant people Luca, there. Luca, who was on the team, is known for his fantastic. Um, he's very. He's, he's got this fantastic long red trench mm. coat. Guardians leather. of the Galaxy reference. Absolutely. And when he was reading his poem, he sort of flicked it. Um, in a sort of flamboyant way, you know, and um, they made a comment they, they about mentioned it. it <laughs> but they, decide, they, they said, "We'll let that one go. Sorry, we'll let that one go." But it was sort of like, so I'd be getting my Instagram up and being like, "This is dress. This is who I am. Who I am. This is my character. Totally is who he is. Yeah, it really is. It's part of his persona. I mean, if I if I was going to." change any rule it would be to not penalize or not look down on people if they do read from book off book because um even though they say they it's okay but they'd rather that you didn't and i i fully get that Mm. um uh, i think that it's too it's too tough that on people because a lot I think of people just have um, memory issues, not even just anxiety and stress. Exactly, yeah. but memory issues. So mine mine was a bit of a memory issue, yeah. ironically, because my a poem that I, I I read and did well at last year with Unislam was about dementia, mm. um, and I did learn it off by heart. But when I was performing it, we were talking about this. Oh uh, yeah. When I was performing it in the heats. I got to a certain point and I just lost my thread mm. and I managed to sort of like work it into the performance oh, yeah. and, and said my memory, my memory. And I sort of like worked it back into the performance, but mm-hmm. it sort of worked okay. But actually if I'd have had my book there just to sort of as a prompt, I would have been okay. Yeah. 
this year we all we all decided to read off book but I think that I think that they weren't quite as some teams who did get to the finals had they they did to be fair yeah that's a different yeah that's true yeah it's a different gripe yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it can get controversial in slam it just yeah. definitely can, can get controversial yeah. it, it I get really it can. for me it's like yeah. I'm guessing part of being at the slam is how you perform as well yeah. mm. so if you're obviously just reading from a book and not performing mm. that's going to cost you a couple of yeah. points yeah. but if you're performing very well and yeah. you're writing is amazing yeah and you can perform well off book yeah you know yeah. i think you can definitely can perform some of my well favorite book. performers read with paper in their hands yeah. because yeah. they've got such they've got it down so part that they they don't need to do it yeah without it yeah, yeah i just i need it there in front of me this is a conversation <laughs> for another day <laughs> <laughs> i think we need a poem from Bryony now we do so this is one that I read last year at Unislam. Independent living. Keeping your independence depends on a system that's insistent on keeping you in your own home. Keeping your independence depends if your family can forego a fortune to fund you a flat. Keeping your independence depends on your memory and finding a setting to settle you down. Your memory won't remember your plan not to lose it. It might remember the wheels on the bus. Margaret was settled after losing her memory, yet remembered the earliest times in her life. Listen, dear, over here. Did I tell you about my lovely grandfather, a Methodist minister from Halifax? He taught me to read and write, you know. Sheltered housing, sheltered flats, sheltered from risks, risks to life, risks to lives, risks of falling, risk of death, shelter from the risk of death, calling. Death is calling. Listen, dear, over here. My grandfather taught me to read and write, you know. He's a Methodist minister in Halifax, a lovely man. Margaret's sheltered. In the cafe, drinking coffee with Ruth and Cathy, the talk is posh, soft, then, I am an educated woman, there is nothing to do here. Hold the cup with two hands, hug it, hang on for dear life, dear Margie, here with no regret, yet, there is nothing to do here. We hear you, Margaret. Trust in the system. The system caught you, the one that taught you. It's working for you now. You see, the truth is I want to die. I've had a good life and now it's time for me to go. Ruth's daughter tops up her water bottle. Not another soul says a word or stirs. Tea? I want to die. Strauss waltzes through the frocks and hose and house that's home. The sheltered face the clocks and watch. A carer comes as Margaret calls. I am an educated woman, dear. I really don't belong here. Now, when can I go back to my halls? 
I love that. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. Was it hard to write? Both um, of your poems are very um, personal. Yeah, I mean, I worked, I mean, I've, I worked as a designer for 30 odd years, a, a graphic design mm. consultant. Um, and then I had um, a break because I lost my mojo with it a little bit and I worked um, in um, care in a care setting in an independent living setting mm. and it was the first time for um, I did activities I did I was an activities coordinator and I did a poetry club and mm. all different things it's the first time I'd ever had personal direct experience with people living with dementia yeah. and um, you know it was a real eye-opener for me and it was a very moving experience and that is actually a direct I mean I dedicate that to Margaret Mm. who was a real person, changed the name, um, who was a social worker. <coughs> and wow. she was an educated woman, yeah. and she really didn't think that she belonged there, and she wanted to go back to her halls. You know, she used to get confused because she yeah. realised that she was in um, an institution or whatever you want to call it. Because logically, when you're in mm. it, you, you, no one can tell you that you no. should be there. No. Because to you, logically, yeah, you shouldn't. Goes out of the window. Yeah. it's very mm. different. And Terrifying. so, it was a it was a really sort of moving experience. But then, you know, you also, I was I very much felt like I was on the outside looking in a lot of the time, and it gave me the opportunity, which I didn't even think about at the time. Mm -hmm. But really, yeah, to sort of um, look at all the different aspects to what mm. confront people, uh, confronts people who who. You know, either live or work with people with dementia. Mm. What about you, Zara? Oh, I just sort of lost in your explanation because <laughs> oh, I've, <sorry. laughs> I've not heard that poem in like about a year, and I love it. And I remember when you performed it as well. It's so amazing, mm. and especially the backstory as well. So, like, thank you for writing that and sharing mm. it. Um, mm. But mine actually was when I was sat in the back seat of my dad's taxi um, because I was just thinking about how. Um, my sister sat in the front, my dad was just driving around and he was going through all these like back roads and stuff and I was like, ha like the map was even on. I was like, I've always got to have the map on. <laughs> even, if I'm going, even if I know the way home, I've still got to ha have it on. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, I, my dad, I, I literally said to him, I was like, how do you know all these like shortcuts of these roads? And he was like, he was like, you have a degree in English and I have a degree in um, mm. driving. And I just sat there, I was stunned and I was like, never thought about it that way and I was like I wrote it down in my notes quickly and then um, I can't remember if I started working on it straight away but I knew it was something that I wanted to write because a lot of um, it, it was a hard poem to write because I think it's the most I've been vulnerable and mm. open about my experiences because normally I, I like to hide behind metaphors and um, uh, like more abstract sort of it's um, quite writing. a direct poem yeah yeah and it, it was really um, I think every time I'd go to perform it, I'd laugh because I, I wouldn't allow myself to be serious and I think it was up until you told me to be serious. But yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> be <laughs> serious. Yeah. Um, has he heard it? Yeah, actually, um, someone recorded the performance at Unislam for me and I actually have his reaction as well. Um, oh, but I, I sent it to him and I ran up the stairs. I was like, I'm not watching my dad watch me read a poem about him. <laughs> um, because I, like my mum, like, I, I, I like sharing stuff with her, but my dad, like, I'm very close to him, but also, like, we tend to, um, we're very emotional, but we also don't like talking about emotions. Um, yeah, yeah. So I sent it to him and I was like, don't watch it, don't watch it. And I was like, ran up the stairs. Um, and he watched it. And then I was like, I, I snuck down the stairs and my mum was watching him, watching and I was like peeking over the, the, um, the door. And... Um, 
he was smiling and I was like, I've got to like capture this moment. I sent it to these guys um, and he was like, he was so happy. It and was then a beautiful moment. He w- uh-huh. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I'm gonna share this on Facebook. But since then, everyone <laughs> he bumps into, he shows the poem to. Who was his poem, yeah? Yeah. Um, oh, his, all his customers, his regulars, because he's like good friends with them. And he was like, can I share this on Facebook? He was like, put this on TikTok, put this on. I was like, no, dad, no. Um, but yeah, he, he loves it. <laughs> right, we're gonna finish off with some word association. I'm gonna ambush you. I'm basically gonna swap between the two of you saying words to do with slam um, and you've just got to respond immediately it's not a test um it's just it's honestly just fun stay any word away stay away a little bit okay laugh cry tears happy group hug blend milkshake limit there aren't any scratch Youth. Age. Peak. A boot. Seat. Down. <laughs> now Sorry, seat that. down. Seat down, lass. Click. Poetry. Adrenaline. Rush. Fast. Car. Slam. Bam. <laughs> Thank you ever so much. We all click each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Um, thank you so, so much for it's being on pleasure. with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've yeah, got that a was very honest. quick question. <laughs> yeah. When's the Leeds Poetry Festival going to do a slam? Yeah. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> oh, God. The Poetry Festival is enough. so uh, <laughs> I'll just so get my ladle <laughs> and... No. Uh, Maybe one day. We floated the idea a couple of years mm. ago, but it was too tricky to plan. Um, we need an interloper to do it for yeah, us, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Festival <laughs> plus full-time <laughs> job plus yeah. on freelance work is a little bit over the top at the minute for me. Eyes emoji looking at <laughs> the slam. <laughs> <laughs> um. If you're listening to this during the Leeds Perch Festival 2023, we still have loads of wonderful events coming up. You can find all the details at leedsperchfestival.com slash programme. Um, where you can book on to everything online and you can listen to old episodes and upcoming episodes of poetry on the air on the website as well or apple podcasts anywhere that you get your podcasts 